Welcome to a new episode of Real Talk, Real Woman. Today, Rachel Isabella is making us the honor of her presence. She is originally born and raised in New York and moved to Argentina 16 years ago. Today's topic is going to be the scars of fatherlessness. And let me read you the first few sentences of her website, healsinglove.com. Your love for yourself is more important than your father's love for you, which is why choosing to heal is the greatest thing you can do for yourself. And yes, it is a choice. It is a choice that women make when they are ready to be empowered. So good news is you do not have to do it all alone. Thank you, Rachel, for being here with us today. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. And can you please just walk us through the big stages of your life, what you can remember right now in a five minutes window, something like that, so that people sure. feel that they know you. Sure, sure. Thank you, Gemma. Um, so I was uh, born in New York. I was raised in South Florida, and it was my mom, my dad, my older sister, and myself. And um, around the age of 12, I started telling my mom that my father didn't love me. And I really don't know how I knew this. I just did. It, I think it had to do with um, his energy towards me or his indifference, the indifference that he showed. It was almost like this feeling that he didn't want to be there. So when people think about fatherlessness, they usually think about a father that abandoned the family physically. Um, and I came to know that uh, having a father in the home, if he's emotionally absent, then you also deal with fatherlessness, the symptoms that can come up from that. So around the age of 12, I felt this. And as an adult, I could see how, um, I could see some reasons for him pulling away. He happens to be uh, conservative and old fashioned. And I am, my sisters too, we are, we're progressive and we're feminists and we speak our minds and we probably are not the kind of daughter that he, daughters that he would, I, I don't want to speak for my sister, for me, I don't think we were the kind of daughters that he would have enjoyed having. I don't really know how he wanted us to be, or if he would have simply preferred to have boys, which I think is the case. Um, but anytime he was not at work, he was coaching soccer. That is his great love. It is his passion. And he coached boys. And so I think that he would go to the soccer field to get whatever he was not getting at home uh, from us. But what he didn't do was try to get close. He just kind of shut down. He took it as a kind of a given that I don't like being the father of of girls or the way these girls are, are starting to think in their adolescence is a turn off for me. I really don't know what went through his mind, but he really did emotionally shut down and pull into himself and stay away from the house as much as he could. And um, that pain of feeling unworthy of his love led me to choose the man that I chose to marry. And that that was toxic. It was toxic from the beginning, but I didn't see it because my ex-husband was the first man who showed me that I was special. He was the first one that ever protected me from something that someone might say or protected me physically. And he gave me a lot of what my father never did. 
So there were red sign, there were red flags, there were signs from the very beginning. And I ignored them because I was finally, I was thirsty for whatever it was that he did give me that my father hadn't, which I think is protection, attention, validation. He just thought I was the greatest thing. Um, and so I chose not to see how abusive it was in many ways until years later. Thank you very much. Yes, it's important. Protection, attention, validation. Mm -hmm. That these are absolutely essential needs, human needs. Yeah. And when they are not fulfilled, indeed, you become very thirsty of those. And really, you, you have to find a way to receive that. Yeah. I've never had a man find me so amazing and want to spend all of his extra time with me. I was used to a man running away from me. Yes. You know, going to the soccer field, having fun with the boys. And this man, he couldn't get enough of his time. He thought it was funny and just adorable and all these amazing things. And it, it I guess the only word is thirsty. It was the only thing that I was, I was thirsty for. I could not believe the attention I was getting. Mm -hmm. And when you finally, finally receive that, you will, you will just, you know, you will not look at the, the negative parts of him. You will not look at the negative parts that he is bringing into your life, such as jealousy or possessiveness or control. Um, you put up with those things, even though you know they're harmful, because you're finally getting what you want. Mm -hmm. I totally understand. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And... Um... What was the shift with your husband that made you say, okay, there is a problem. I have to stop that. I have to heal. I have to protect myself. I have to remove myself in some way. What was that shift? Right. The shift was that I got, um, I got gallstones. And because I love energy and energy healing, I looked up what, um, I love Louise Hay. And I looked up in her book, You Can Heal Your Life what gallstones were about. And it said that they were about bitter thoughts about the past. Mm -hmm. And I already knew that I needed to leave my marriage. I just didn't have the courage to, but I was pretty much on my way out, at least in my head. And getting the gallstones and seeing a physical manifestation of my pain actually in my body said to me, as soon as this is out, as soon as you get surgery and you heal, you need to leave. And when I left, I thought my anger, um, I thought my rage was towards my ex-husband because he had done this to me and that to me. And I could give you a whole list of things that he had done that were not appropriate uh, that I had allowed to happen, of course. So I am responsible there. But when I realized that I had chosen him from a place of pain and a place of unworthiness, that is how I came to realize that the person I needed to forgive was my dad. Mm. So I... I worked on myself. I worked on forgiving my father, on trying to understand him, on trying to just accept uh, what was and what I wouldn't have, accept him as a person, even though I don't want him in my life. I can accept him and wish him well. I then forgave my husband and then I worked on forgiving myself. So my biggest thing that we were talking about uh, the scars of fatherlessness, the thing that I most want people to know is that it's very easy to run away from the work of forgiveness, but it really is, to me, forgiveness is fundamental it for is. a healthy life, for a happy life, for a life of peace. 
to sleep well at night. If you're, I was yelling at them in my head. I would yell at my dad in my head, you know, those, those single-sided or one-sided conversations that you have when you're angry at someone and you imagine how it, how it would play out. I had them with my ex-husband. I had them with my dad. And, uh, and I don't anymore. I don't because I've healed that. I've forgiven them both. I've let them both go. And, um, and I, I know that everything that I said yes to that I should have said no to uh, was because I wasn't loving myself well. That was it. Mm-hmm. Totally. How about your mother? What was your relationship with your mother? Oh, that's fine. Um, my mother, I think, um, I don't I know. know. I, I, I'm, I'm surprising but, you with that question. It was yeah, not, yeah, it yeah. was not uh, prepared. But I'm just suddenly no. thinking, yeah, I forgive my father. I forgive my husband. I forgive myself. How about your mother? That's a different story. All right. But I, I mean, I, I probably wouldn't be ready to talk about it on a podcast because I haven't worked through it all the way. Okay, fine. Um, but there, yeah, there are issues there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's probably the next layer. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. You know how it is. You just work layer after layer mm-hmm. after layer and you just like yeah, yeah, cover yeah. another one over time. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Um, but it's true that self-love, the love for yourself is so much more important than your father's love as a little girl and as a grown-up girl. It is, but as a little girl, we don't know that. We don't have the cognitive ability to say, well, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't know how to communicate. He is closed off. He had a rough childhood. We cannot analyze our father and all the things that he might be dealing with as a child. So Mm -hmm. if you don't learn to shift that in your teens or in your early 20s, you will carry this for a very long time because Mm -hmm. no one ever got into your child's brain and changed what was programmed into it. Exactly. And to say, yeah, he really isn't important. You are. Your love for yourself is important. If, if he lo- if he loves you, great. If not, no problem, because you'll you'll love yourself enough through it. It's not easy, and it comes afterward, because really during the time of childhood and adolescence, it's really you count on your parents for all the love, the validation, the acceptation, the protection, the attention. You count Mm -hmm. on them for all of that. And when that is missing, it's like, who am I going to be? What is going on? Am I even worthy of being alive? That's exactly it. Yeah, that is the main thing that people, that fatherless daughters deal with is the unworthiness. And from that unworthiness can come all kinds of uh, symptoms such as promiscuity or emotional shutdown or self-sabotage or abandonment issues or trust issues. Uh, the list goes on and on, but they all really do fall under that one umbrella of unworthiness. Um, it's the core pain, which yes. then manifests itself in everybody's life differently. Mm-hmm. It might be overeating. It might be anorexia. It might be, you know, however you're trying to fill that, that wound, it comes from a place of unworthiness unworthiness or bitter thoughts about the past right well yeah for me it was that sure that's how it manifested Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of anger that I hadn't dealt with totally understand that it's not easy did you try the tapping techniques the EFT emotional freedom technique 
I tried it years later. I only found it. Um, I found it after I left my my marriage. So it's pretty recent. Somewhere in the last 10 years, I found that and I do like it. But it wasn't something that I'd ever heard about uh, when I was in actual pain. Yeah. Because that I discovered that it's pretty powerful. Yeah, to, it is good. Release, I like it. To release all these mm -hmm. built up anger, built up frustration, built up guilt, built up shame, all that you keep for so long in you. And instead of just saying, you know what, it's here, it's over, say, okay, I acknowledge, I recognize, I release, I accept, it's okay, I honor yeah. that I feel that way. It's like, whoa, are you really? Actually, when you do honor that you feel like, hey, I feel abandoned by my father. I feel not loved by my father. It's like, who will love me if my father don't, doesn't? Yeah, that's, that's basically it. That's basically what you're dealing with. Yeah, EFT I like to use for my anxiety. Mm -hmm. If I'm anxious, I, I do that. And that's, it's really good for that. Mm -hmm. Something about the repetition just, you know, calms me down. Mm. Gorgeous. So how do you help, do you, do you, do, yeah. If you're struggling with unworthiness, creating healthy boundaries, being emotionally shut down, needing validation, codependence and more, then you've come to the right place. So, how can people work with you? So I have a one-on-one -on -one coaching program. Okay. Um, I don't know when this is going to be posted, but I'm having a special for Father's Day. If it's going to come up after Father's it's Day, a, then that's okay. Yeah, no, it's after. Yeah, right? It's going to yeah, be yeah. um, mid-August. Oh, okay. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> um, I work with people one-on-one. -on -one, okay. And we start with um, mindset, acceptance, grief, anger, we work through self-love, we work through boundaries. We look at the places in your life where you're putting too much attention on what your father did or what he thinks about you or what he did or didn't give you and what are you giving to yourself? Mm -hmm. So some people call it reparenting. I think that word is kind of overused, but it, it is pretty much that. It's shifting your focus off of something that isn't good for you and onto something that is. And, and showing you that, yeah, it's just a... I feel like so many women who are fatherless have never even been told it wasn't you, it was him, you know? And, and sometimes just saying that to someone and they realize it, it really wasn't me. It, it's, we start from there. Um, and we work through this whole kind of building you up with self-love and boundaries put in place, which are really important, which people are also confused about. And mm -hmm. we work you through a kind of uh, like a forgiveness program. Mm -hmm. where you learn to let go and accept what was mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and to be grateful for what you are because had you not had that pain you would not be who you are True. and you might and you might as well be grateful for who you are and love who you are than to still be thinking about all that I did not get definitely mm -hmm. definitely it is empowering to really understand and to really go deep into all these understanding i just noticed as well on, as well on your website that there is an audio download with five simple ways to start healing your heart as a fatherless daughter i mean it's powerful yeah that's my freebie i really love my freebie it's, it's very um, good yeah. thank you thank you yeah i love it uh anyone can, you can get that on my website that's my freebie and it's five simple steps to start healing your heart and it is the first 
maybe mindset shift you can do for yourself, which is really quick. It's an eight minute, it's actually a video now, not an audio. It's an eight minute video. And I just walk you through the five steps. And um, people have said that it's it's really like, oh, I never thought of it like this before. So mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a great place to start. Mm-hmm. If you're a father who, who suffered rejection or indifference from their dad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's essentially important and I'm also thinking about all these people um, in Los Angeles and elsewhere who have their father in prison or something. Yeah. And they're just like, yeah, no, it doesn't work. I don't know something that doesn't work. Yeah, and that would actually probably be a different kind of healing because you probably have to forgive your dad for not having been present mm-hmm. um, because he couldn't. Like he mm-hmm. didn't leave you because he wanted to. He left mm-hmm. because he was put away. Mm-hmm. That probably brings up all kinds of other issues for women, for mm-hmm. daughters. Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about that one. That's really good. Mm-hmm. This is one of the stories. Of, uh, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's one of your stories? Yeah. One, one of the stories that will be published later on uh, is, is about exactly that fatherlessness because fatherism. Oh, I can't prison. wait to hear it. That's going to just blow. I can't wait to hear it. That yeah. will complete. Yeah. Because there are different ways to, that you can be fatherless. So if your father died, you're fatherless. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I hadn't thought about your father being in prison. That's prof- that's profound. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to hear that one, Gemma. Wow. Mm-hmm. Of course, I will let you know when it happens. Okay. Yeah, yeah, when it's published. Awesome. Wow. Rachel, your work is powerful. Thank you. Giving back to women the validation, the attention, the protection so that they understand that they can give that to themselves, actually. And they do not need a man or a father or husband to give it to them. Even if it feels amazing when you get it, and it feels awful when you don't, when you start to give it to yourself, then you can release the tension and release the expectation and look at people as they are because you are full and complete and whole by yourself. Yeah, one of the things, if I could just uh, really, really, really stress that I'm passionate about is how, like you just said, so many women that I speak to are convinced that this is a lifelong sentence, that they will always have this pain because they've always had it. And so it doesn't matter if you're 30, 40, 50, 60. And they don't seem to, a lot of women do not seem to see the worth of healing this because they don't realize that it actually bleeds into every part of your life it it is in when you're talking to yourself in the mirror it's Mm -hmm. there when you're Mm -hmm. parenting your children it's there when you're Mm -hmm. talking to your partner it's there but this isn't a a broken bone it isn't a wound that's bleeding it doesn't deserve it doesn't need urgent care right now and so so many women just say oh I had a bad father you know I, I just have to live with it And you're trying to say, no, you don't. You really don't. This can be fixed. This is not a lifelong sentence. And it is affecting every area of your life, even if you don't realize it. Um, So if I could impress upon anybody listening who needs this, it absolutely is something that you need to heal for a happier life, for a more peaceful life. Um, Absolutely. I can't stress that enough. And it is healable. Oh, yeah. It is curable. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that is not sp- evidence, but it is a fact. It is. You need to strip, you need to strip your father of the importance that you have given him that he does not deserve. Exactly. That's it. 
You have given him an importance that he did not earn. So we strip him of that and we put that importance back on you. Mm-hmm. And now you are responsible for your own happiness. Oh, wow. Exactly. Aye, I aye, aye. How am I going to manage that? It's scary. I know. <laughs> yeah. I totally understand that. Rachel, it's such a, a, a joy to have you on this podcast. It's such a joy to have you share this importance of loving oneself before being loved by your father. Yeah, or even if it's not before, as soon as you find out, as soon as you realize that you've got this wrong, if you're 20, if you're 25, if you're 30, if you realize, oh my gosh, I've been doing this wrong. We find out all the time that we've been doing something wrong. We've been doing a recipe wrong. We've been doing friendship wrong. We don't, we were taught how to communicate in an aggressive way rather than an assertive way. As long as you're alive, you're learning. So as soon as you realize, oh, this is not the way I should be thinking about my dad, you can change it. You absolutely can change it. Yeah. Gorgeous. Love it. Mm All right, so uh, healsinglove.com and just yeah. connect with Rachel Isabella. She's truly gorgeous in every way. Thank and you so you. much, Gemma. Absolutely. And I look forward to speaking with you again. Thank okay, you. great. Bye-bye.